never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that once again bows down to the powers that be and find ourselves moving an elf on a shelf. My name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening, along with me as always. It's my brother Peter. Here. How are you, man? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? Um, it's been a week. It's I, I have a vacation coming. <laughs> I took like this little mini vacation after uh, during uh, Thanksgiving, and I know the bigger one is like only like a week and a half away. And I'm like, can we just hurry up? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like it's weird. It's like I wake up, I work Monday, I work Tuesday, and by the end of Tuesday, it feels like I worked a five day week. And then I'm waking up on Wednesday, going, "Ugh, it's only Wednesday." <laughs> and that's been like that for the past couple months. Yeah. It's been crazy busy, and you know, so. That's the worst. I always notice when I have like a vacation or a long weekend or something, it's always that last day or two before you have time off where you're just like, you're just showing up to work, but you really just want to like relax. You know, you really just want to count down the hours and get out of there. And for some reason, those days always tend to be the busiest days. They always seem crazy. You're rushing around trying to get things done. You might even have to stay late. It's like I always feel like the universe is just working against you at those moments. But uh, I guess all in all, it'll just make the time off seem that much more worth it as much as it sucks sometimes leading up to it. So, yeah. <laughs> um otherwise um yeah that's kind of about it um i hope your week's been good uh leading up to this show at least so yeah it's been good i've been trying to uh stay in the hol holiday spirit um i don't remember if i mentioned this but my wife is one of those people who like the day after Halloween, she decorates the house with Christmas stuff <laughs> It's like immediately. And I actually love it. Like, it's really nice to get in that festive Christmas mood right away. But I'm already at the point where I'm kind of like over it. <laughs> like kind of like, OK, this Christmas stuff was fun and it's time to move on. And the holiday isn't even here yet. So uh, that kind of sucks. But I'm doing my best to stay in that festive spirit and not be a, a total Scrooge this year. So uh, that's my <laughs> that's my current plight, I guess. <laughs> what's what's weird is, is that, you know, and I know we have some kid listeners out there, but just so you know, Christmas is not the same for adults as it is for kids. <laughs> um, and I saw a meme that had a it was a. It was a, it was the it was like a screenshot of the moment in National Lampoon's vacation, Christmas vacation, when Chevy Chase is like yelling at everybody. Yeah. And it, the meme just said, the, more, the older I get, the more I understand this man. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was great. But I just noticed that, like, as an adult, it's just Christmas has just gotten it's not as special. And it's just it's almost another day. And uh, 
mom and dad, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Peter and I are brothers. Um, if you're, this is your first time listening, Hey, Peter and I are brothers. So mom and dad came out and hung out with us, whatever, um, this past weekend. And we, uh, did a little shopping like Christmas shopping. And she's like, well, I need this for this person. And I need to find this for this person. So we're walking around with them, letting them Christmas shop and like helping out and stuff. And mom turns to me and goes, what do you want for Christmas? And I go, nothing. And she just was like, what? I'm like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Like, what give you a list of all the stuff I haven't bought for myself yet like (laughs) and as soon as I don't get it for Christmas I'm just gonna go buy it anyway like it's weird like (laughs) it's called adult money and I just it's weird yeah it is weird I had to you know I had to give like our side of the family a Christmas list and then my wife's side of the family another Christmas list and I was it was really hard to think of things that I actually want because again it's like I'm an adult. If I want something, I'll buy it. Or if I can't afford it, I'll go without, you know? Um, so it's, it's really hard to put that list together. What helped me round out my list is I just asked for a ton of tabletop games. Like, I feel like that's the perfect thing. Cause I don't buy a ton of games. Cause it's always like something where it's like, Oh, that would be nice to have, but I don't want to drop like 50 bucks or so on a game. But I was like, okay, this is a perfect thing to pad out my list. And in general, I feel like I'm I'm an easy person to shop for. Like you can buy me like a couple like Marvel t-shirts and I'm satisfied, but I feel like people don't realize that for some reason. So I have to remind people like, just buy superhero or Star Wars stuff. I'll love it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars guy. So people sometimes have that issue where they're just like, you know, you know, get Andy something Star Wars, get get him something Star Wars. And then it's like, uh, well, what doesn't he have? <laughs> you know, which, which makes it harder. I, I have a feeling I'm incredibly hard to shop for and that's okay, I guess. But hey, it is what there it is. is. There is also that, uh, that testament of the true collector where you get mm-hmm. doubles of something and you're like, oh, sweet, I already own this, but that's awesome. I own another one, you know, like, oh, I already own this Black Series figure, but I can open this one up and play with it now. So there's always that aspect, so. There is, I guess. So I'll have to keep that in mind if I get any Black Series that I didn't know that, like, oh, wait, I already have this. But, hey, I have one to open. Um, All right, well, I don't know about you, but we can sit and talk about Christmas all night or we can talk about cool stuff. Um, What? (laughs) You heard it here. Christmas is not cool. No, no I'm just kidding. like, no, I'm not the Christmas isn't cool. It's more like let's let's talk about the nerd stuff. Is why we all came here. What um, what did you watch or what did you watch? Consume. What was your uh, situation this week? Yeah, I'm actually gonna stay on the uh, Christmas tangent for a little bit. Um, my watching this week is kind of retro. Like I watched stuff this week that I think I should have watched a year or more before so i'll get to all that but the first thing i wanted to mention is i finally got around to watching the movie uh violent night uh this is currently oh, okay. straight on prime uh this that is was movie a that's... last that was a last christmas release right yep last year and it, it's one of those movies where if you didn't watch it when it came out it's almost like you might as well wait till the next year because <laughs> you're going to be watching like a Christmas movie in the middle of April and it's just going to be weird. But uh, have you had a chance to see this yet, Drew? I have not. And that's because of the title, knowing that I'm probably going to be watching it on my own. So it's got to fit into a specific category of watch it on your own. (laughs) Yes, definitely don't watch it with the kids because 
I can't remember if the the language was super bad, but it definitely is really gory. And this is a movie that it stars uh, David Harbour from uh, he plays Hopper in Stranger Things and uh, he plays Santa Claus and he's not like a mall Santa Claus. He's not an imposter in any way. He is the real legitimate Santa Claus. And the story kind of follows him where he's kind of like this kind of curmudgeonly kind of reluctant Santa Claus, like kind of late in his career, you know, like he doesn't have the Christmas spirit and he ends up delivering presents to a house on Christmas Eve and uh, getting caught up in a hostage situation. And uh, I'm I'm really not going to spoil too much, but I feel like this could be out of a, uh, you know, preview channel description of this movie. But through this hostage situation, he ends up finding the Christmas spirit again, you know, he ends up embracing the holiday. And this is like, it's hard to not compare it to Die Hard because I feel like Die Hard is the quintessential like Christmas action movie. But I feel like this is like one of the best action movies like that that take place around Christmas. And there's not a lot to choose from, but I feel like next to Die Hard, this movie was so satisfying because it's hilarious the action scenes are awesome there's tons of really cool gore uh they go into santa's backstory and uh there's actually some really cool action-based parts of his backstory and it's like stuff where you have this santa character who may or may not have been alive for thousands (laughs) of years and you find out how like uh you know fighting and warfare and stuff factors into his character and that actually factors into his fighting style in a modern sense if that makes sense and i'm really trying not to spoil stuff but it was so cool uh the movie also has uh john leguizamo is kind of the main villain of this movie and he's such a good villain that was one of my favorite parts is like this movie has a villain who is you love to hate him like he they go into his backstory they explain like why he is the way he is but he is such a good like He's not sympathetic. You don't agree with him. You can see how he got to become the person he is, but you still hate him. And it's so satisfying to watch, you know, him be the bad guy and him meet his ultimate demise and stuff. And uh, no, this one was just really good. I definitely recommend it. Um, If you're on the fence with like a movie like Die Hard, whether or not it's a Christmas movie, this movie is definitely a Christmas movie. It's kind of has that sort of like, Halloween, like John Carpenter's Halloween-esque level of like almost every shot of the movie has something Christmas in it, whether it be somebody's holding a candy cane or there's a Christmas tree in the background or something like that. Like this is a Christmas movie through and through, but it's it's really badass. Like I was really surprised. It was way more satisfying of a watch uh, than what I expected. So yeah, Violent Night, definitely nice. check that All out. Right. And um, else? yes, the other thing that I watched So Violent Night, I should have watched a year ago. The other thing that I started watching that I should have started four years ago is uh, I finally got around to uh, starting The Boys. (laughs) I started watching The Boys Amazon Prime this past week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really weird, but The Boys came out at a time where I know a lot of people are experiencing uh, MCU fatigue right now, like Marvel fatigue. And I feel like the boys came out at a time where I just wasn't, I kind of had that superhero fatigue going. Like I just wasn't in the mood for another superhero thing. But the thing is this show, I think is exactly the show I would have loved to be watching because I love how 
real world it is. I love how, um, how, what's the right word? Like how much criticism it points at, uh, the commercialized culture of superhero movies and comics, but also like it pokes uh, jabs at like Hollywood. It pokes jabs at uh, big government and uh, you know, the uh, military industrial complex. Um, and it's also just got like some really, really cool characters and uh, so far some great performances. I am only two episodes into this series right now, but uh, yeah, so far I just think it's, it's like really awesome. And I love that it's uh I love seeing a superhero show or movie where when you turn the TV off, you're still thinking about it. Like I like that this has like the sort of ethics, uh, you know, these ethical conundrums that you can still think about in your head after it's turned off, while it's also like this satisfying sort of like action superhero-y thing um so yeah the boys is really awesome so far i'm two episodes in i am so late to the party uh which i think is kind of funny but it's just for this one for me it was just kind of when it was released i just wasn't seeking that kind of a show i guess if that makes sense sure yeah it does yeah so um but yeah yeah great stuff and uh i mean i might comment on this further um, but yeah, I don't know if you have any comments on any of that, Drew, or if you just wanted to jump into your watching and reading this week. So I feel like the guy not coming to the table, my watching and reading is pretty much trailers. Okay, um, nice. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, I watched some trailers too, so. We had a bunch of trailers drop, and uh, unfortunately, just because of my schedule, it's just been kind of nonstop, so I haven't been watching really anything new, which is kind of sad. Uh, the one thing I did watch, which was really, really fun um uh you know i'm a big fan of critical role well past couple years they've done these special um how do i want to word it uh they've done these special red nose day uh charity one shots um hmm. they played a stephen colbert a couple times you know stuff like that where like they have a celebrity come on that's not a part of their regular cast and they do like a one shot just single D D adventure they're usually shorter than the normal episodes and they play um, this year it was a lot of fun, but they brought like, as always, but, uh, two celebrity guests, uh, Tony Hale, uh, from Veep, um, joined the cast and, uh, Sam Richardson also from Veep, who was also in after party, uh, joined the cast. Uh, and they both were very, like, it was very clear that this was their first time playing. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun to watch that. It was really funny. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one thing I did get in. Um, I had every intention of watching the fourth episode of Monarch, but I literally finished the episode of Critical Role and I was like, oh, shoot, I should have watched Monarch this morning just to be caught up. <laughs> but, um, I'll get that in. But other than that, I basically watched uh, trailers. So um, so the I, one thing I'll say is I almost watched Monarch, but uh, I almost started it, but I was watching, you know, it was me and the wife trying to pick something to watch and she did, she didn't want to watch Monarch. So I was like, all right, let's find something else. And she agreed to watch the boys. <laughs> so that's what we went with, which I've been pretty satisfied with that choice. But when I went to Apple TV and saw Monarch was on there, I was like, holy crap, there's already five episodes or is there four or five right, right Should now? Be four. Should okay. Be four. So either way, there was way more than I was expecting. So I'm like, crap, I got to catch up. <laughs> So, again, I still don't know why you're not watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, right, right. <laughs> and then and then you have to get on Mythic Quest, too. You got a lot of watching. So. <laughs> My problem is uh, it's 
I just have a lot less time to watch stuff on television than I would like. You know, I have to wrestle the uh, controller away from my wife or toddler if I want to watch something. So sure. that's the only issue. But uh, yeah, yeah, keep going. Sure. Yeah. So ultimately, does I could give you a list of things you need to watch if you want, um, <laughs> or at least the ones that I would recommend. But yeah, you need to uh, check those out. And then, um, but yeah, I like basically I just watched trailers this week because this, there was a bunch that dropped. Um, first, um, since we're on that part, let's talk about some of these trailers that hit. So first, I want to talk about the Halo Two Halo Season Two trailer. Um, All right. If you don't have Paramount Plus and you want to watch Halo, this TV series, all the episodes have been put up on YouTube for free. Um, wow. We have I have voiced my concern heavily about this show um, in terms of like lore stuff, in terms of things you just don't do. Like, for example, you don't show the chief's face like you don't take the helmet off. You don't have the Master Chief have a sex scene, like just things that like what is happening to Halo? This is not Halo. What's going on now from all reports of people who've made it farther than I have. The action sequences, what I've seen, are solid. The action sequences are what you'd expect and or want. Um, But it seems but to me, what I watched of it was very detached from the Halo I know and love from the video games. Um. The trailer for season two, unfortunately, the chief still likes to take his helmet off when he shouldn't be. But um, leading up to this looks like the trailer for or season two is primarily going to focus on the fall of reach, which is kind of like ground zero for Halo lore in terms of uh, the video game uh, backstory and everything. So the fall of reach is like kind of the beginning. Um, so. The season one kind of leads up to Fall of Reach, and then looks like season two will be the Fall of Reach. At the end of the trailer, they do show the Halo for the first time. So here we are, the almost the end of two, season two, and you're actually getting to see the Halo on screen. So I don't know how far they'll go with it. Maybe that's what they're leading up to, is season three will be landing on the Halo for the first time. That's cool. Uh, maybe that'll put us in a better position to be like what we know normally. Um, I don't know, though. So the trailer looks good. My skepticism is the trailer for the first season looked good, too. <laughs> so <laughs> That's always a thing with trailers. Um, the first season I honestly didn't stick with. Um, I watched the first couple episodes, but it didn't grab me the way I was hoping. Um, and I think it's just like we live in this time where there's just infinite amount of tv shows and movies and there's so much streaming content it's hard to stick with something when it doesn't grab you right away like that so i was from what i saw i didn't hate the first season but i was also a little disappointed because drew i know you and uh some of our our other uh, friends and brothers like know the halo storyline a lot better than me but I always knew it as having this reputation of having this just like amazing story. And, you know, there's so many books and like novels written about this universe and stuff. And I I kind of felt like uh, from what I saw of the first season, I was a little underwhelmed. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what to think of the whole thing. Um, But, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see how people receive the second season, you know. Well, the um, and I agree. And I will say this. if you're a Halo fan and you've been playing Halo Infinite, the newest game like I have, they just dropped the new firefight mode. 
um, for the new game, and it is everything. It, it is literally matching the hype. It is everything they said it would be and more. And it's probably one of my. It's probably my new favorite game mode. It is absolutely wonderful. Um, I've only played. I've only played a little bit of it, but hey, that's you know I had to. That that was a uh, literally everything needs to stop so I can do this because it drops today kind of thing. So, um, so Halo Season Two looks good, but I am very skeptical, and I will be until I start seeing some early reviews. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, House of the Dragon Season 2. Uh, I know we both watched that trailer. What did you think? I, it looks great. <laughs> this is uh, There's going to be a little bit of a running theme with me with trailers this week, but House of the Dragon Season 2 looks awesome. We're seeing a ton of familiar faces. We're seeing a ton of um, familiar like uh, settings and stuff like that. But it's a lot of, like, they don't show a lot of story. And I think that might be a good thing. Like, they show a lot of action shots. There's a couple cool, like, bits of dialogue thrown in there. Again, you see all these familiar faces. I think this trailer was really to drum up the hype for the season. But as far as, like, storyline, unless I'm missing something, I feel like there's not too much to really comment on besides... It looks awesome. I'm excited to jump into the story again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, same. This is more <laughs> like, it's more like, I want to get back to my friends. This looks great. You showed me a couple dragons. Yeah. I wish you would show me more. Like, I'm waiting. There's a scene in the book where there's a battle over um, a specific castle structure fort thing. Um, and I'm just waiting for the realization when we get to see this, like thousands of dragons in the sky kind of thing, like not thousands, but like every dragon on screen at once kind of a moment, you know what I mean? That's what I'm excited for. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And this season definitely like it's, it's ramping up. We're seeing actually like you, uh, I believe I spotted a Baratheon and Stark, uh, shield, (laughs) which is great because that's stuff that we want to see it's familiar territory where like not that targaryens weren't but it's like the first season was specifically how the family was starting to split up and now we're moving into a different territory where like the rest of the countryside's getting involved so we're going to start seeing the starks and the lannisters and you're going to start hearing like you're going to start getting to actual places that we know so we might get to like so we might actually get to see winterfell at this point in the time period mm-hmm yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, um, so, yeah, 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 it looks looks awesome though. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it looks great. I can't wait for it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of all I have. Unfortunately, is just it looks fantastic. So yeah. Um, okay, so that would be House of the Dragon. Uh, next one, let's talk about Furiosa. Right. Um, Furiosa, Mad Max saga. So if you watched. If you watch the original Mad Max, as you know what Mad Max is. If you didn't, that's okay. Uh, a few years back, I want to say we're almost like what? I want to say we're almost seven years away from when uh, Fury Road came out, but I'd have to uh, look it up. But Mad Max Fury Road um, with uh, Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron and whatnot. The movie was wonderful. It won every Academy Award except for Best Picture. Um it's really like the best way to describe it would be a bunch of adults went out to the desert and made a movie without adult supervision. Um, (laughs) 
because the stunts are incredible and they're off the charts and they're just like, let's blow up vehicles in the desert and film it. And it looks great. Um, but, and the story was incredibly simple, but Charlie Theron's character Furiosa um, is getting a spinoff, which is what this movie is. Um, so it's like how she became who she is in Fury Road. Um, yeah. And the younger version of Furiosa is um, played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, she really looks the part man in the trailer. She looks fantastic. Um, getting to see the metal arm, getting to see like that rage, getting to see like the. Um, yeah, this I it looks so much fun. Lots of vehicle crazy desert action with explosions and. Then, like, Chris Helmsworth is in it, like, randomly. I was like, is that? And then, like, eventually they would told us that it was, you know? So, um, yeah, what do you think of the trailer? I just thought it was amazing, so. Kind of along the same lines. Like, this is another one where they didn't show us a lot. Um, you got a lot of action. It looks cool. Like, you got a couple bits of dialogue. Um, I don't know if any of the dialogue was as memorable as the... Uh, it's <laughs> the game of Thron or the house of the dragon one we were just talking about but it has just it just has it looks cool it looks good i think um judging off of fury road i think we're just you know we're in for another awesome adrenaline fest i think this is just going to be a blast to watch um cinematically i think or cinematography wise i think the most of the shots in this trailer and uh the color grading and stuff has like this sort of larger than lifeness to it which i thought was kind of cool like um it's hard to explain but a lot of the shots felt almost cartoon like and it's not because of bad effects or anything it's just because the coloring like how blue the sky is and how that contrasts with like the orange and yellows of like the desert ground and like some of the characters and stuff it had this very like larger than life like subtleness to it which i think is really cool and i kind of want to go back to watch Fury Road to see if uh, color-wise if it still had that same uh, feel to it. But um, no, it, it looks really cool. It looks like a cool continuation of the story. But again, hard to comment because I feel like this was another one like, let's show them a bunch of action shots. Like, let's get them excited for this movie. But don't give away too much, which is actually what I prefer out of a trailer. Like, I don't want to know every story beat. Like, I want to be surprised. I just want to see enough to get me anticipated. And I feel like this trailer did the trick in that respect. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, it looks great. Um, all right, let's talk about the final one. This one, <laughs> um, this one is really cool to talk about because one, it's one we've been excited about and it's one we've been talking about and we haven't heard it's kind of like we didn't hear about it for a really long time. And then last week we actually had some news about it and some screenshots to discuss. And then we got a trailer like right when we shut down the microphones. Um, and that is the Fallout trailer for Amazon Prime. Right. Uh, what was your thoughts of it? Uh, I'm familiar of I'm very familiar with the game franchise. Um, I yeah. played I played three. I, I played. I played two and didn't really know what I was playing, so it didn't stick with me. I played three and got really sucked in and like hooked on it. And then I played one of the spin uh, Fallout New Vegas, which is like a spinoff of three. And then um, I didn't get a chance to play four. And by the time I got around to it, there was something else distracting me game wise. But what did you think of the trailer? 
So <laughs> you're obviously a lot more familiar with the game and the lore than I am. I've never played a Fallout game, so I'm definitely like really out of the loop in, on this one. Um, it looks cool. Again, you like see. So it was kind of weird because I watched this trailer right after watching the Furiosa trailer. <laughs> so it was a little bit like, okay, wow. we've got desert post-apocalyptic stuff. But uh sure. Comparing the two trailers, what's fun about the uh, Fallout one is there's a lot more sort of mutant sort of characters. There's a lot more like fantastical creatures. Uh, the Fallout trailer in general felt a lot more. I don't I feel like science fiction is a weird way to put it, but it felt more sci fi and that sort of imaginative, imaginative sort of mutant creature sort of way which mm -hmm. is cool because it's based off a video game and in any video game you're gonna get bored just shooting off like your typical sort of like drone ground troop characters you're gonna have to mix in some weird like mutant bugs and <laughs> some weird monsters and stuff so i think the trailer delivered on that but again i said this there was going to be a running theme this was a trailer that showed a lot of um a lot of action beats, a lot of, I'm sure to the people who are fans of Fallout, I'm sure there's a lot of familiar elements. But for me, to me, it was just kind of like, okay, that looks cool. Let's check it out. <laughs> so I don't have a ton to say about this one. <laughs> well, so being a fan of the games, uh, the big uh, armor, like the trooper armor, um, I'm completely drawing a blank on right now what that stuff's called. Um, but that armor, like seeing it in motion looked fantastic. Um, it's kind of like you see it in the picture and you're just like, well, I still got to see it in motion. Um, it looked great. Uh, the ultimately in terms of the fallout lore is sometime in the 1950s when everyone was concerned about the nuclear bombs going off and the nuclear war starting. Um, the idea was go live underground in what's called these vaults and, uh, you can live and survive. And when the nuclear bombs go off, you won't, you're basically in a bomb shelter living. So everyone goes underground. They're living in these bomb shelters, um, hoping to survive the nuclear war. Well, what they find out is the nuclear war actually happens. So everyone who goes into these vaults can, can live. So they go into these vaults, they're living with the technology and the robots and stuff like that, that they've built to help their lives be easier, but they're living in these like underground bunkers. And the nuclear bombs actually go off and completely devastate the entirety of the planet. And eventually it's like, hey, the radiation levels are OK. We can go outside now. So they open they start opening these vaults and these vault dwellers get to go up to the surface. So uh, the girl and the main girl in the trailer, she's got a 33 on her back. Uh, that means she's from vault 33. Uh, so right. you're kind of, it's kind of like an identifier. So that's the vault that she's from. So like each vault has a number. So she gets to go up top for the first time and she finds out that some people have survived and they're like burned and like deformed from the radiation or some of the bugs have gotten much bigger because of the radiation or some creatures like there's that one creature when he opened his mouth and like those things in his mouth or whatever, they were fingers like to pull in the food. <laughs> Talk about a cool, talk about a cool visual. You know what I mean? Um, or then you have those crazy deformed, like mutated, like bears or whatever in that one sequence. 
Um, and it's all basically like this survival game. But in the game, you go on these quests. Like the way I would like in the game is if you ever played Elder Scrolls Skyrim or like a Dungeons and Dragons s kind of a questing game on a video game level, it's that, but in the future. Like, well right. into the future where, like, the nuclear bombs have gone off and you're trying to survive and all that stuff. It really, to me, captured, if you've played the game, you've probably watched that trailer and are incredibly happy with the turnout. So. Right. Would you yeah. say that um, seeing, like, on online feedback and stuff, do you feel like the fans of the game are pretty satisfied with this so far? Um, I haven't seen too much online feedback, but, oh. every, like, the, the on, it, it seems like people are, like, pretty stoked for it. Um, in terms of it's, it's that it looks great kind of attitude. Like it looks good, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, the the one thing I've been seeing a lot online and I actually watched the, uh, trailer a couple days late, so I didn't know what it was from at first, but there's the one character who's like the kind of like Cyclops guy. I keep seeing people share that screenshot and I don't know. I don't know if they're criticizing it. I don't know if they're just making jokes. I don't know if he like, as soon as the trailer released, he just became an instant meme. But I'm seeing that image everywhere online right now, and I think sure. it's pretty fun. So, yeah, um, and yeah, it. I mean, it could be like I just people could be making fun of it. I was kind of like, why is he a cyclops? But yeah. you know, but the producers of the boys are doing this, and um, that means their uh, rules for uh, violence and gore and all that stuff is going to be kind of tossed aside so they can basically they're basically going to do whatever they want but it looks it just looks like a really good post-apocalyptic dystopian uh series um so i look forward to it i think it's going to be i think in the realm of that kind of television it's going to be like science fiction horror dystopian future kind of thing it's going to be a breath of fresh air for people who don't know what it is and those of us who do know what it is i think it's going to be a breath of fresh air in terms of it's something new so cool you know it's just something different so yeah i thought it looked great um that's what i got for trailers man so that's kind of my watching and reading category if you will for this week uh but that kind of also brings us to the news so it's a really good segue right (laughs) right on (laughs) um okay so how, where, let's start here. Um, some of these are kind of quick. This is Spinal Tap. There is a sequel coming. Interesting. Yeah. So this is Spinal Tap is a mockumentary film by um, Christopher Guest. And it's kind of like follows a fake rock band doing like a documentary about this fake rock band and their lives and their performances and, you know, going through like the history of this band that was never real. Um, I feel like Spinal Tap's become a bit of a cult nerd shout out for those people that were in the know. And I say that like you'll be in a room somewhere and someone will make a Spinal Tap joke and you'll get like maybe one or two laughs and the rest of the room doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's where Spinal Tap is gone, which is kind of funny to me, but it's going to make I I definitely want to see the new movie. Um Elton John and Paul McCartney are both going to be in the movie. Um, okay. Rob Reiner released recently appeared on, um, there's an acronym for a thing here that I don't know what it is. So I'm not, it's R H L S T P. 
uh, with Richard Herring and said that this is Spinal Tap sequel. We're going to start shooting at the end of February and everyone is back. And he added Elton John and Paul McCartney will feature in the sequel, as will Garth Brooks. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it, it's great. But it also like, um, did you ever see a uh, pop star? Never stop. Never stopping. <laughs> no, I, I still haven't seen this one. You've you've uh, definitely told okay. me to watch it, but <laughs> there's a lot of it's a fake band. It's a fake boy band. And then uh, and the, the the members of the band Lonely Island are the fake boy band in the right. movie. And Andy Samberg's character is the one who goes solo. And it's all about kind of getting the band back together. The original group This is kind of like the focus of the movie. But they interview all these existing music personalities within the industry. So everybody is playing themselves. There's a ton of people from like Mariah Carey to Puff Daddy to 50 Cent to like uh, Jimmy Fallon. To like, like it's all across the board. Like ever, all these celebrities are playing themselves in the movie. Um, and then you have the fake boy band on top of it. So um that almost sounds like a modern day version of this is spinal tap if you will so when i heard that all these people are in this that's what went through my head so uh, yeah this this is a interesting thing um i really want to see like a trailer or something like that because this is like it's either going to be awesome or it's going to be kind of okay and i'm hoping that it's awesome and the only thing that makes me worried is just like spinal tap like this is spinal tap was a movie that uh you know, played so much fun at like a lot of like the like 80s, like glam metal and like the new wave of British heavy metal and a lot of the 80s rock stuff that was going on at the time. And I just hope it makes me curious how a movie like that is going to play in the modern day landscape. And I'm really hoping they're able to uh, capture some of that magic. But uh, as far as the cameos and stuff, that sounds awesome. Like Elton John, Paul McCartney, like that's like british rock royalty like of course bring them in on it but uh garth brooks i think they have potential to do some really funny things because it makes me wonder are they going to bring garth brooks into this movie or are yeah. they going to be bringing chris gaines into the movie <laughs> yeah i know remember chris gaines <laughs> yeah i <Okay>. certainly do <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know garth brooks had a stint where he had like this alter ego called Chris Gaines, where he had sort of like dyed black hair that was in like a center part and draped over his face. And he looked kind of uh, awkward, but it was like a late 90s sort of like rock side project that Garth rock, easy rock alternative kind of a thing or rock alter alternative. I don't really know what how you classify it, but it was like. It's weird because it's not like Chris Gaines became a thing and everyone went, who's this Chris Gaines guy? It's we all knew going in that it was Garth Brooks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone knew that it was Garth Brooks. It wasn't like, oh, hey, by the way, and I'm Garth Brooks. It was a we all know it's Garth Brooks and he's doing this other thing under a different name. It was weird. Um, <laughs> but, but it's also like if he shows up in This Is Spinal Tap 2 dressed as chris Gaines, like i would have so much respect for that because that's just like he doesn't take himself seriously enough that he's just going to show up for this or in this getup and he's going to own it like i think that would be amazing but we'll see if that actually happens so yeah. um all right um So here's a video game one for you, which is really interesting. And I don't know a lot about what's going on. So this is kind of like a little speculation on my part. I actually, I'm not even mentioning speculation. It's a, I don't really know a lot about what's going on here. 
Warner Brothers sparks anger by pulling 1,000 seasons of content from PlayStation users. Um, Sony announces the removal of over 1,000 seasons of TV shows from PlayStation users' libraries, regardless if they've already been paid for. Basically, what happened was they were removing content off the place. Like, so if you purchase like movies or television digitally through the PlayStation um, digital store, um, they just got yanked off the content. So they're not. So when they were in your library where you thought you had them permanently, they're gone. Um, and people are not happy about it. Um, which what I think is interesting about that is it lends to the. Uh, discussion about physical media begin making a reinsurgence with um, DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff like that. People are like starting to like regret getting rid of some of their physical media because these streaming services like you like there's things you can't get on streaming services, period. Um, and I just I, I think that's really crappy. So I hope the PlayStation people like get their stuff back. But at the same time, it's like holy cow, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it's just like, holy cow, you know what I mean? So it's, it's crazy. I, if I was one of those people who had this, uh, media taken from me, I would be livid. Like, I feel so bad for anybody who's in that situation. And, uh, I don't, I don't want to sound insensitive, but I feel like, the one silver lining is this is just more fuel for the fire that's going to reignite that love of physical media with people. You know, if you watch movies on a streaming service, the streaming service can always change the movie. They can edit things to either fit with the time or become more topical or whatever it is. But if you own a piece of physical media, it's like a time capsule, like nobody can alter that. And you have it forever. And um, I don't know. It's just kind of cool to see that people are really wanting this physical media. So that's that's really great. But I think the situation is uh, <laughs> totally whack, for lack of a better term. Um, I was talking to some uh, friends recently about how when you want to stream a movie nowadays, you have to search like you search like the five or more streaming apps that you have on your tv and then you can't find it so then you have to either like buy or rent it on amazon or just go without and i was like yeah could you imagine if like spotify or apple music only had like some of the bands that you wanted to listen to and uh i think that's a good point like i we live in a day and age where stuff should be so accessible and it seems like as time goes pieces of entertainment are coming becoming less and less accessible and uh I don't know I'm I'm that's my big silver lining is I'm loving this sort of resurgence of the want for physical media like I actually think it's a really cool thing that's going on right now yeah same especially for someone like myself who has this massive movie collection and i just feel like this is the perfect time to like be like hey i have the collection like let's make it grow you know what i mean um all right um hbo max or max has become will matt will become an exclusive streaming home for all a24 movies in new in a new deal with warner brothers that Uh, is that is awesome i know uh It'll be the exclusive streaming service for all past, present, and future A24 films. 
that's amazing. So there's a lot of uh, A24 films that I want to check out. And uh, they're kind of like the studio that's just it's kind of interesting. There was a point where like Lionsgate was the studio that was like the best studio because they basically just were like, hey, that sounds great. Let's sign it. And then they got out of the director's way and just let the directors make movies. Yeah. And I feel like A24 has kind of become that now. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just it, this is that's one of those stories you just agree with. And you're like, yep, sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, Natalie Portman, who has been in the past not as vocal about Star Wars, like it's almost like she was the one out of the prequels. that has been like, yeah, I did those movies like she didn't embrace them the way some of the other actors did or whatever. Um, she has said she's open to reprising her role as Padme if needed. Um, I'm going to need someone at Lucasfilm to get on the phone ASAP. Um, but I have a feeling she basically, she's probably talked to Hayden. She has to have, you know what I mean? Like, or he reached out or she saw that he was in Obi-Wan and then saw that she was in Ahsoka or something because she's got kids and she's mentioned in interviews that they like Star Wars and she's been kind of like keeping it quiet that she's been in Star Wars, but her kids are probably like, mom, you need to do this. And she reaches out to Hayden like, hey, I see your back. And he's like, yeah, you should probably come play. You know what I mean? That's probably how that happened. Um, so, Natalie, her, I know you're listening. Um, go make more Star Wars. <laughs> and her coming back could be a really cool move. And, like, you can't really blame her as, like, when she was a young actress and she's primarily known for, like, Star Wars and, like, Mars Attacks and stuff and her wanting to branch out to more, like, artistic films and stuff like that but she's at a point in her career where it's kind of a cool move for her, her to be like yeah you know i was in star wars i'm really proud of the work i did on those movies and yeah i'd be open to come back so really cool stuff yeah, absolutely all right uh ryan reynolds had a statement about the set leaks um from deadpool 3 um i really like this and um i'm really glad he made this statement so here let me read this for you Surprises are part of the magic of theatrical movies. It's important for us to shoot the new Deadpool film in real, natural environments using practical effects as opposed to making the movie indoors and digitally. Telephoto lenses continue to spoil surprises and create difficult situation for everyone. Here's hoping some of the websites and social channels hold back showing images before they're ready. The film is built for audience joy. Our highest hope is to preserve as much of that magic as possible for the finished film and the big screen. Part of the reason people post spoilers is because they're excited. I realize these aren't real world issues and it's firmly in the good problems bucket. I love making this movie. I'm so glad he said that. And it makes me want to no longer talk about Deadpool until the movie comes out. Aside from me saying, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> Did you say that was Ryan Reynolds who said that? Yeah, it was a statement. Yeah. He released. It was a statement he released specifically about um, the uh, set leaks because the uh, like the set leak, like Wolverine's costume, for example, or rumors about Taylor Swift. Since we still don't know if that's true, it's just or like even. Guys. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. There's go also ahead. there's actually also been like recent leaks of like certain villains that are making reappearances in the film and stuff. I'm not going to spoil anything further, but I was just going to say what a well worded statement. He just kind of like concisely summed up everything wrong with like the superhero movie in industry while also like saying it in such a way that doesn't belittle anybody. Like the only thing he belittled is maybe the overuse of green screen, but it was actually kind of a cool way that he said, like, 
we're trying to do this right. We're trying to film things on location, make the movie feel as legit as possible. And, you know, just please try not to spoil stuff, like try yeah. not to leak photos and stuff, because we appreciate your excitement. But we also want the movie to have some surprises when it comes out in theaters. And I'm just I'm impressed with just like how concisely and well that was all said there, you know, agreed. And you worded that so well. And that's the takeaway I had with it. He's basically saying, guys, you're excited and we love that you're excited. But can you just let us make the movie and relax? everyone's going to get to see it. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to make the best movie ever. And, you know, and that puts Ryan Reynolds in that Tom Cruise category where we've heard, you know, those, all those reports about Tom Cruise wanting to just make the best movie possible at all times for the audience. You know, that's, and I feel like a lot more actors are like that. They're just not as vocal as Tom Cruise and now Ryan Reynolds has been. So that makes me very happy to hear. So, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I know you're listening. Um, we will stop talking about anything we hear about Deadpool. <laughs> we, I we, that, that might be a little hard, but <laughs> no, it'll be a little hard. We're just really excited to see the movie. It's just I totally understand um, that you want to try it. So, like, if I see spoiler leaks, I will keep them to myself, and <laughs> we'll just be like, "Hey, Deadpool three's coming. We can't wait." You know what I mean? So, um, all right, one more story. Did you know that there is a Nosferatu remake coming? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you did? I don't know. Uh, well, well I, I know that now because of the list we're doing this week, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. So there's a Nosferatu remake coming, which I didn't know until um, I started digging through uh, our list for tonight. But it actually, the reason this makes the list for me is because, one, mostly because it releases on Christmas Day of 2024. <laughs> oh, cool. Which I was like, really? Okay, but check out this ca- check out this cast, and this is the part that kind of blew me away. Bill Skarsgård, Nicholas Holt, Lily Rose Rose Depp, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Emma Corrin, William Defoe. Like, that's a huge cast, man. Um, I really like Nosferatu. It's a great. I, I really enjoy that movie. So I was just kind of surprised. I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't even know this was a thing. Um, yeah, it's really cool because um, you have like you have like a million dracula sort of reboots and adaptations and uh nosferatu like the original uh silent film was kind of like a pretty unique take on it especially with the appearance of uh count orlock and stuff and uh it'll be really cool because i feel like we haven't had like a sort of anything like nosferatu adjacent in a while like maybe since uh Shadow of the Vampire with Willem Dafoe back in the nineties. So well, it'll be kind of this is apparently this is the second remake. Okay. So they're they're uh, they're and I'm and that was the thing. I thought there might have been another like remake, because I wouldn't consider uh Shadow of the Vampire wasn't really a remake. It was kind of like a alternate history of like the making of the film in a way. And so like I think it'll be cool to see them redo this story and kind of see how they handle um, Count Orlock and all that, if that makes sense. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, this is a really great segue because we're all jumping into movies in the future like Nosferatu. So how about this? You want to talk about tonight's list? Yeah, let's do it. Great. Um, it's list time, so we're going to roll the thing and be right back.
Peter, it is that time of year where we have to look to the future and discuss our the movies that we're most excited about for the coming year. And this year happens to be 2024. Now, um, I this list was very bizarre for me to put together as opposed to previous years that we've done this. This isn't the first time we've done this. This isn't like last year we looked ahead to 2023 and chose a list and same thing with 2022, 2021. We always look ahead like, hey, what are we coming out with? This year, um, I think is weird because I feel like when I was Googling stuff, this is not a full list. There are this the lists I was finding were not putting into account the um, they were not accounting for uh, the strikes. And the fact that we might be getting some movies we weren't intentioning, intentionally expecting in 2024. <laughs> so I'm like, there's stuff I'm expecting to see that's not here yet um, on these lists. So we're going to get some surprises along the way. This, the Google list of like, hey, the movie's supposed to be coming out this year. There's surprises on here that I don't think I knew were a thing. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to I'm going to this is an example before we start talking about our list. I just wanted to there's a couple ones here I wanted to point out because I'm like, I don't even know if this was a, like, it's like I didn't know this was happening. Um, Let me scroll just a little bit because I was kind of um, we do have four comic book movies coming out next year for sure. We got uh, there's some big ones like Doom. We got a Ghostbusters movie. There's like another King uh, Godzilla movie, that kind of thing. Um, but one of the ones that uh, really threw me off the tr- uh, we got the Twister uh, a Twister sequel. Remember Twister? <laughs> right. We got the, we got the sequel to that coming out. I knew it was coming. I just didn't know it was filmed already. Completely blew me off. Like I was like, oh, that's gonna be next year. You know what I mean? Um, here's the one that really kind of tripped me up that I didn't know. Transformers One. That's the title. Did you see this when you were googling things? I think I might have. I'm okay. sure I did, but... I don't know what this is. It's another Transformers movie. Right, right. I didn't know they were making this. So I was like, Transformers 1, okay, cool, another Transformers movie. And then I see the cast. Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Keegan-Michael Key, John Hamm, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> what? <laughs> How did we not know about this is the only thing that was going through my head. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's gonna be a Transformers movie with a huge cast coming out. Um. And then the other one that I didn't know was coming, um, which kind of blew me blew my mind a little bit was we have another Lord of the Rings movie releasing next year. Um. War of the Rohan. Uh. Roarheim, if I'm pronouncing that right. Roarheim. War of the Roarheim. If I'm pronouncing that correctly, then some of those uh, Lord of the Rings names uh, trip me up sometimes. So. I didn't know that was happening. So I was like, what is this? So I feel like this list, as I was putting mine together, is more so than any other year. It's a list of things I'm excited to see, but it's also the list of movies that like, I'm not 100% sure what I'm walking into. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? I don't know how if you had trouble putting together your list, but I was like, what is this year? So, yeah. No, I did I did run across like that Lord of the Rings 
War of the Roheim or whatever it is. And then the, I think I did see that there was the Transformers one, but I didn't know too much, too much about those projects. I think the Lord of the Rings one might be an animated film. And then it made me wonder, like, is this going to be like, who's producing this? Like, is this connected to uh, Amazon's Rings of Power? Um, is Warner Brothers sure. doing this? Like, is it connected to the... Uh, the you know peter jackson movies so i didn't know a lot about it and so i was kind of like i need to see more before i get anticipated for it kind of the same situation with the uh, transformers one option as well so what i found when i put my list together was a lot of the movies that i selected were movies that i was already familiar with and uh, my biggest disappointment is i feel like my list is a lot of um a lot of those sort of like mainstream big budget like <laughs> comic book movies and stuff like that. Like I feel like last year, which I still haven't watched this, but like I think the killer, um, you know, uh, David Fincher's The Killer. I think that was on my list last year. Um, and this year I feel like I don't have a lot of those sort of just like indie or like unknown movies. I don't have like that sort of like, oh, so-and-so directors coming out with this random movie that I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. My list, I feel like, is very mainstream <laughs> this time. So that's kind of my own disappointment with it. But you sometimes can't help it, you know? Maybe that's just either what you're exposed to in the moment or just the movies you happen to be looking forward to, you know? Yeah. Um, agreed. So... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my list, I feel like, is a little mainstream, but not at the same time. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's I it's the I don't feel like, and that's maybe the movies that I feel like I'm missing from the when I was googling stuff is the indie films that we're not yeah. fully sure about yet, um, and how things got shooken up from the um, strike and pushed forward that haven't been released yet. It's just yeah, it's gonna make going to make next year kind of interesting to see but at least i can put together a list of the things i wanted to talk about tonight um of the big list my short list is there's 24 films i definitely plan on being in the theater for if i can be there for them so yeah um i don't know who wants to go first um what do you think it, I would have had to go for I would have had to go first last week, but I had but I didn't have honorable mentions. So I have two honorable mentions this week. So I'm going to make you go first just because I would have had to go first last week, if that's OK. <laughs> that's fine. I was trying to uh, retro retroactively do the math with our holiday schedule. But no, that that works for me. Um, I can start. So my first pick is easy. I don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, Drew, I know we're both really excited about this movie, though. And that is uh, Rebel Moon Part 2, The Scar Giver. And uh, the reason why this is an honorable mention for me should be pretty easy to figure out. I haven't seen the first Rebel Moon yet. <laughs> so the amount of excitement I have for the second movie kind of depends on the first film. So I am excited about the movie series quite a bit like I love Zack Snyder I think this looks like an awesome just like esoteric sci-fi romp but I just I don't have a lot of thoughts on it yet because I haven't seen the first movie yet you know what I mean um I am 100% with you and we matched on this for an honorable mention because for the exact same reason <laughs> by the way i feel like this whole list is going to be very quick conversations of things we're excited about this is going to be a very fast list discussion because we aside from saying that we're excited there's not much we can say so 
Um, right. I always feel like these are the shorter of the lists, if you will. Um, but yeah, so for the exact same reason, I'm really, really excited to see the first movie. I cannot wait. Um, but at the same time, I don't know what I'm, I still don't know hundred percent what I'm walking into. So yes, same. Um, right on. And since we match, I throw it back to you. Yeah. So, uh, my next pick, um, this is another one that I'm a little skeptical on and that's why it's an honorable mention, but I went with, uh, Beetlejuice 2. And uh, this is where the first Beetlejuice movie is awesome. It's a classic, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a sequel coming out with like so many years between both entries into the series. I'm just a little skeptical. Like, is it going to be as good as the first one? Is it going to hold up? But then you have to remember, like Beetlejuice is one of Tim Burton's best movies he's coming back for it you have a uh, winona rider coming back you have other like cast members i can't remember is michael keaton michael keaton's beetlejuice yeah. still right yeah, okay i know for a while it was rumored that it was going to be johnny depp this time or something but uh and they're also bringing in like uh jenna ortega is going to be in this one and it seems really promising it's just another thing where it's like it could be amazing or it could be kind of okay. And I'm hoping that it's really awesome when it finally comes out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Beetlejuice 2 made my short list. Um, I'm really excited to see it. I'm my only skeptic, my skepticism with this movie is that um, Beetlejuice 2 is follow is, is kind of following that trend of pulling in legacy characters and doing a, it's it fought like scream five made it, uh, very cl- uh, the best wording for it is a requel. You know what I mean? It's it's a sequel, but we're redoing it at the same time, and that's my only skepticism. But I am very excited to see it. So, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so mine is uh the movie Argyle. Do you know what this is? This is my next honorable mention. So I know I watched the trailer at one point and i can't really remember the premise okay. <laughs> so refresh my memory <laughs> so the trailer it's really interesting how like it's really interesting to say what this is um because the trailer opens up and it looks like this like over the top spy thriller with uh henry cavill and dua lipa and um like this action sequence it's almost true lies like um and then it cuts away and it's this woman reading a book and she's on the phone with her daughter played by Bryce Dallas Howard. She goes, the book is great. I just, I just, I still have questions like whatever. And the mom, and she's like, mom, and like kind of taking the criticism. And then you find out that Bryce Dallas Howard's character is this big international, like. Author, oh, right. I wrote, okay. Right? And I then Sam Rockwell. God, I love Sam Rockwell. He's so good, but he's playing this actual spy that has to protect her because for some reason, something she wrote in one of her books actually happened. And now um, everyone's like waiting to see what she's going to write because they think it might actually pertain like her just writing about it is a, like a coincidence that it actually happened. And now they're waiting to see what she writes because they're worried that it's going to come true based on how, what, how she writes the novel. And then apparently because of her novel series, agent Argyle is an actual agent <laughs> in real life um that what really makes me curious to watch this movie and i'm actually really excited to is the fact that this is directed by matthew vaughn who did the kingsman series 
So when you watch yeah, the yeah. trailer, the action sequences just look like they're going to be off the wall fantastic like the Kingsman series. Like almost like Matthew Vaughn's going to go back to his roots kind of thing, uh, like the first Kingsman. So I this looks cool. So that's it's an honorable mention. I don't really know what I'm walking into, but it looks really fun. Yeah, this is uh, – thanks for kind of refreshing my memory because I did watch this trailer like a month ago or something, and I just kind of forgot about it. But, yeah, it did seem like a really – cool thing like it's almost like a combination of like almost like a stranger than fiction meets like uh i don't know if you've seen like the man who knew too little with uh bill murray <laughs> yeah. but it kind of has that feel to it um in a weird way which is really cool like i love that sort of like that sort of trope where it's like somebody unknowingly stumbles onto some secret that puts them in danger and how that all plays out so this looks really fun and then matthew vaughn like all of his movies that I've seen at least have been like great. Like there's the Kingsman, there's the stuff he's done with uh, the X-Men movies. Um, I think he directed the first Kick-Ass too. So this should be like a really fun, just a really fun film in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, so yeah, Argyle is mine. Uh, so what's your first actual pick of the night? <laughs> right. So I could make this one pretty short. We already have been talking about it a bit, but I went with uh, Nosferatu. Um this is a movie that drew it sounds like what we were saying earlier you kind of fell into the same boat where i didn't realize this was coming out like i feel like we might have discussed this on the podcast like a year ago or something but i okay. totally forgot this was a thing and this is going to be so cool to see it come to life and to see how they handle this and um i love like the classic monster movies like i love all the classic universal monster movies and stuff. And I feel like Nosferatu fits within that history, but kind of like adjacent to it. And it's going to be really cool to see how that plays. So this one, I'm really cash cautiously optimistic. Like I don't know how it's going to go, but it seems just so promising. And like, this has the potential to be such a cool movie, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, no, I'm with you, and um, I can't wait. Since we just kind of talked about it, I feel like we buried the lead on a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we didn't match for this one, though, did we? We did not. I made my short list, but we did not. Um, so the next one on my list is uh, the movie Fall Guy, which if I I don't, I'd have to look it up, um, but I believe it's based off of the television show The Fall Guy. Um, and uh, let me see here. Let me just let me just pull it up real quick just to make sure. Um, but it's uh, the movie stars uh, Emily Blunt and um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Gosling. Um, yeah, it's an adaptation of the 1980s TV series. Yeah, of the same name. So uh, Emily, uh, sorry, Emily Blunt and. Um, She's like a film director, and then uh, Ryan Gosling is the stuntman or the fall guy in uh, the movie, and they're trying to make this, like, action movie, so he's, like, the stunt guy that's got to do all these, like, practical stunts and stuff, and then this, like, whole, like, espionage conspiracy comes on, and he's got to, like, save her and all that stuff because it's just, like, um, it's the idea of uh, he's the only one that could do it, because he can, you know, he can play that straight man that can, you know, double as someone else and all that stuff. So 
the action sequence looked great, but the thing that really gets get, caught my attention was that it's being directed, it's directed and produced by the guys who did Bullet Train. Okay. Nice. Um, so when you look at Bullet Train in terms of the action, excitement, script writing, all that stuff, the speed, the pacing of the film, I was like, this could be really cool. There's a trailer out for it, so check it out. It looks awesome, um, but it, it's it's kind of a it, it just looks fantastic. So is this? So I haven't really checked this one out yet. Is this a uh, is is it a comedy or is it more just like a straight up action espionage? It looks like a comedy action film, the same way Bullet Train was. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because so when, I- when you find out that Bullet Train the guys who made bullet train made this it's that's exactly the feel i get for it i'm like this is i'm like this is great you know so that sounds fun because i like the angle of like yeah like you have like this stunt man who gets caught up in this crazy action scenario and like he is a stunt man so he knows how to do some stuff but he also doesn't necessarily know how to do stuff the realistic way and i feel like there's so many gags you could play up with that so it's kind of cool to hear that it's kind of a action comedy sort of thing so yeah it yeah, sounds yeah. really um all right your go okay so i'm trying to figure out what order to go with these but um this one's weird i'm gonna go with uh, venom 3 um which i believe is at this point still being untitled. called untitled venom sequel <laughs> yes it is um keep talking i'm just Yep, well, untitled Venom, let there be, untitled Venom, let there be Carnage sequel, is what it's listed as. <laughs> so, there's not much to say, it's just like, I was a fan of the previous two films, um, I think, I don't think they're the greatest films, I feel like there's some areas where they're clunky, but I do think they were both really fun to watch, and both just really cool examples to see some of your favorite uh, comic book characters come to life. And uh, that's kind of why I'm up. I'm excited about this new one. I'm excited that there's more Venom sequels coming out with uh, the mixed reviews for the first two movies. I think it's awesome that we we're getting a third Venom movie. Like who would have imagined that, you know? And uh, no, it's just, I'm excited for this. I want to see what angle they take. I want to see, is the main villain going to be a symbiote again? Or are we going to get some sort of different crazy character? Um, And it's going to be cool to see how this factors into stuff like Madam Web and the larger sort of like Sony Spider-Man movie universe they're going with. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be really... Since we're making a Spider-Verse, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Um, yeah, Venom 3. Um, that's what's interesting is like, hey, we're getting a Venom 3. Who would have thought? But we also have no info on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, um, all right. Uh, the next one on my list is uh, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. Um, nice. We, we matched for this one. We so. matched on this? Okay. Um, I didn't. I, I, my excitement on this is I really want to see it, but I didn't know we were getting it so fast. Um, yeah. I, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it just, the trailer looks great for what we're getting. Um, and I don't know if I need another trailer. Like I kind of want one more trailer, just a little more story, but at the same time, like, I don't think we need any more than that. 
Yeah. You know, the trailer like, does such. Oh, keep going. <laughs> no, it's like when you get to the. Sometimes you get to the trailer and you get the TV spots and stuff, but I don't want more. <laughs> yeah. So. The trailer did a good job of what I was going to say is the trailer did a good job of so, showing us just enough. Like there's obviously like some this sort of like big, bad, sort of creepy looking villain. We don't even know what that villain really looks like, though. You just see like hints, like silhouettes of him. But you don't know what this what this big baddie's going to be like at all. Um, and what I love about uh, this movie, as well as uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, is um I know we don't talk a lot on the show about stuff we don't like, but I really wasn't a fan of the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot. And it it really sucks because I am such a big fan of like a lot of the actresses involved. I'm a fan of like Paul Feig outside of that movie. But for whatever reason, I just I couldn't get on board with it. And after seeing Afterlife, like I remember watching Afterlife and thinking like, oh, this movie was like kind of a cool epilogue to the original Ghostbusters films. But now I think when we got the Frozen Empire trailer, I was reminded of, oh, no, this is going to be a franchise and we're going to be moving forward with these characters. And uh, they're handling this franchise in a way that I can really get behind it and I can really get into these stories. And I'm just so excited. And uh, the last thing I'll say, which I don't think we talked about on the podcast before, but I don't know if it was the director of Frozen or of, of uh, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire or if it was one of the writers or who it was, but somebody was saying that they were very inspired by the ghost, the real Ghostbusters, the 80s animated series based on the Ghostbusters oh. movies. They're really inspired by that series for this film. And I feel like that's really cool because I remember watching the trailer and how the trailer starts and you feel like it's a disaster movie. You know, you feel like you're watching the day after tomorrow and all of a sudden New York city is frozen and ice. And when you think about it, it kind of feels like an episode of the real ghostbusters. Like it has that same vibe. And that's another aspect that I just think is kind of so cool that they were able to capture that sort of feeling with this one. Sure. Yeah. And it's the the trailer kind of it's just the trailer was so brilliantly like, wait, this is a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you, you didn't see that coming, which was is fantastic. So. Um, totally. All right. Um, my next one, since we matched that throws it back to me, my next one is Ballerina. Um, not to be confused with the Netflix Ballerina that just dropped. Um there is one that dropped on Netflix recently, which is a Japanese film called Ballerina. It looks like some kind of an assassin thing, um, which is a little confusing because this movie coming out is an assassin film. It's called Ballerina. It's the John Wick spinoff with Ana de Armas. Oh, um, okay. And uh, ever since the action sequence in um, uh, James Bond, No Time to Die, um, I've been very like more Ana de Armas in an action role, right? And I know we got ghosted, which was fun, but let's do a more serious one as opposed to like a romantic comedy. And um, we know this has been shooting and stuff. We know Keanu Reeves is reprising his role as John Wick in this movie, um, but it just sounds fun. And I've been excited about it since they mentioned the idea of it. So I was like, this is cool. Let's get there. Um, so it's supposed to be this year. So, yeah. This is one that I really 
forgot that they were doing. And I feel like uh, while putting the list together, I probably saw Ballerina on some of the lists and I just didn't realize what it was. But uh, no, this sounds awesome. This is another yeah. one where it's kind of thanks for the reminder. <laughs> it yeah, seems right. pretty cool. So. Yeah. All right, man, what do you got? Okay, so for my next pick, um, I went with Alien Romulus. Um, and this is the newest uh, entry into the Alien franchise into the alien universe and uh this is another one of those ones where i don't know a lot about this movie i haven't been really researching who's been writing it directing it who's starring in it i'm just kind of excited for more aliens you know what i mean and i think that's really cool and uh, i know this was originally uh, slated to be like a hulu release like prey i believe but yeah it's um, supposed to be a straight to who it's supposed to be straight to hulu well, researching um, for this episode, I found found out that they are doing a theatrical release with this one. And yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like a short-lived, like, one weekend thing, but it's still pretty cool. Because when you think about the history of cinema, especially in the sort of horror and sci-fi realms, Alien is a franchise that deserves to be on the big screen. And I think that's really awesome that this one's actually getting a uh, theatrical release as well, you know? Yeah. Um, the movie is directed by Freddy Alvarez. Um, Alien Romulus, we match on this one. Um, nice. I'm dying for more Aliens, dying for more uh, Xenomorph stuff. Um, this is a franchise I love and hold very dear to my heart. I, this is a fantastic one. Uh, so, yeah, this one uh, is definitely up there on my list. I'm very excited to see it. It's supposed to be it was supposed to, if it is getting a theatrical release, that's great. It might be a limited release because um, a lot of studios, as long as they get them in a theatrical release, even for a limited amount of time, it puts them in the line to be nominated for an Oscar. Um, but that's part of the rule is you have to have a theatrical release. They made an exception for covid because of the situation um but i think they might be going back because it was like this year only is the exception kind of thing um <laughs> i gotcha so um, um i yeah. i didn't realize because i was just looking at the director i didn't realize this was the guy who did uh evil dead like the 2013 oh, remake okay. and that was awesome so yeah that makes me even more excited for this <laughs> yeah like so if i don't get to see it in the theaters that's okay it's going to be on hulu um i'm excited for it um it'll be it'll drop just like prey did and we can watch it and enjoy it um right. so yes we matched on that one once again i'm just excited so unfortunately peter i gotta throw it back to you for your final pick of the night man like i said this is a fast thing to talk about because we can't say much about these movies so so it's so funny because my next pick, this is the first movie I thought of when I knew we were going to do this list this week. This is without a doubt the movie that I am most excited for next year. And with everything we've discussed previously in the episode, I think it's really funny because we might be holding back from discussing this movie as much. But uh, I went with Deadpool 3. I am uh, same, so same. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. I love the first Deadpool movies. They're because of their comedy aspects and uh, how entertaining like so many of the action scenes are I, the Deadpool movies have been some of my go-tos when it comes to just re-watching superhero movies like I'm always in the mood to watch a Deadpool film I'm so excited to see this one to come to life as well um I'm skeptically optimistic about uh it being incorporated into the MCU because I don't want them to get too 
lore heavy with the story that they tell, but at the same time, they have the potential to do so many sort of meta jokes about the MCU at the same time. So I'm hoping that everything plays out in a really satisfying way. But uh, no, this is going to be really awesome. And just going along with what we were talking about before we discussed our list uh, tonight, it's really cool that they're really trying to approach this movie in that sort of like, not completely, not totally, but in that sort of practical effect filming on location sort of way because there's been some superhero movies within the last few years that definitely feel like 100% green screen CGI fests and I love that they're approaching this movie with like a more old school filming uh, etiquette to it um, or ethics to it so I I think that's going to be great Uh, but yeah what are your thoughts on this one Drew? Um, I'm excited yeah (laughs) nice uh you said it all but like our conversation earlier about what ryan reynolds statement and all that stuff it's like wow this is like what are we gonna say like we're all super excited this is gonna be it's gonna pull in i think i think deadpool 3 i'm not kidding will save the mcu in the sense of everyone's marvel fatigue frustrations right now because it's gonna bring in it's gonna pull in those x-men characters it's gonna create the ties it's going to pull in some legacy stuff we weren't expecting. It's going to bring in the cameo stuff. It's going to bring in the comedy, the action sequences. It's got a lot to deliver on. But if the last two have told us anything, it's going to deliver in a big, bad way. And I know we're creating early hype for it. And But Ryan Reynolds' statement just makes me so much more excited because he's basically going, guys, we know you're excited. Just let us make the movie and get it right. <laughs> you know so yeah guys go make the movie it's like it's like when a video game releases and or you hear that a video game's coming out and it's not going to be out for like x amount of years and you're like oh i want it now but at the same time you're like don't give it to me until it's perfect <laughs> you know what i mean like that's what we want out of this movie so Absolutely. Um, I I totally agree with all that. I uh, one thing I was just thinking of, which this is a bit of a tangent, but it just it's really piquing my interest at the moment is if you remember in Deadpool 2, how uh, I don't know if it's the very first shot, but it's one of the first shots you see, you know, the whole sequence with uh, Deadpool blowing himself up in his apartment. But it starts with uh, it shows like I think it's like a clock that has like a little like logan wolverine figure like stabbed on top of it and uh, deadpool's talking about you know he's like effing logan he has to show me up by dying in his own movie like how am i going to be better than that and it's just such a funny like meta critique on like superhero movies at that time and it makes me wonder like is deadpool 3 gonna do something similar where they're gonna comment on whether it's the Snyder cut or who knows what, like any of the MCU stuff, like where are they going to go with that? But if we do get like that sort of really meta scene, that could be really interesting as well. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, we'll see where that goes, but Deadpool three, those are our lists for the night. Um, I was, I didn't expect Deadpool to be the last one we talked about because I was saving alien Romulus for the last one, but um, just because of the, how much we've talked about Deadpool over the past few weeks. So, All right. <laughs> um, yes, um, I'm honestly the one movie I'm really curious about just because I don't know what it is because I didn't know it was coming was Transformers one. 
and I'm curious because of the cast. <laughs> you know, like it's not a cast I was expecting to see when I saw that. So, um, yeah, but yeah, that's just yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, next week, everybody, we this week we talked about our anticipated movies from twenty 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 four. Next week, we're going to be talking about the television shows we are most excited about for 24. And we're almost to the end of the year. So come join us for that ride. And um, yeah, Peter, you want to toss this episode in the can? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Uh, everyone, do us a favor. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to our social media, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, you can follow me on X and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on X at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be talking about how you just can't be telling me that Die Hard is in a Christmas movie. I mean, what's next? Mallrats isn't an Easter movie? Whoa, good <laughs> Paul. All right, uh, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. Peter. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.